Hey, hello, y bienvenidos to Contajero Exchange. I'm your host, Roberto Aguilar. Before I get started on the intro here, I wanted to get us going with a little bit of ritmo, you know, a little bit of Selena. The song is Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb, and you know, she was a queen and we loved so much her music. Um, so yeah, please enjoy. And also, just a little bit about the podcast. Uh, mi meta and hope is to take a look at the school counseling profession from the Latinx perspective and build a supportive and caring Latinx school counseling community. I'll do this by interviewing fellow Latino and Latina school counselors from throughout the nation. And it's my dream to get someone from every state and represent multiple communities and culturas. Again, thank you for joining me. Me agradezco mucho. And I hope you enjoy the upcoming Welcome to Consejero Exchange. I'm Roberto Aguilar, and today's host is Lydia McNeely from Indiana. How are you doing, Lydia? Good. Thank you for having me. Sure. Thank you. Hey, what time is it in Indiana right now? Because it's three o'clock in Portland, Oregon. So it is 5.03, but I'm central. So I know part of Indiana is Eastern, I believe it's Eastern, but I'm like right on the Chicago border. So it is five o'clock right here. All right. Cool. I was wondering. I thought it was actually Eastern. So right. I, most of it. Yeah. Not my part. We have to be different over here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. That's how, where I grew up, that's exactly, it was in a different time zone. So I totally understand. Could you share with our listeners um, how you identify yourself and what kind of terms, I like to talk about terms or vocabulary that you use to describe yourself? Um, I'm Mexican. So I, w- I would identify myself as being Mexican. All right. Yeah. Okay. And so as a, a Mexican, how do how does a Mexican person end up in Indiana? Because in my mind, you know, I'm from, I you know, Oregon. And so we just migrated up right. to California. So it makes sense to me, but Mexico and Indiana seem really far. Yeah. Um, Chicago. So my family's from Chicago. I was actually born and raised in Chicago. Um, but I'm literally about 20 minutes away from Chicago now in Indiana. Like we're literally oh. on the border. Like we're like a, almost like a suburb of Chicago. Really, but yeah. All right. So Chicago's like a, a huge hub of Mexican communities, right? Yes. So I, my grandparents came here. My mother was born in Mexico. Um, my grandparents, how's my mom? 65. So 60 something years ago. But oh my God, that was a while ago. But yeah, they've, they've been here for a while. All right. And so the mills, the steel mills, because I think that's what attracted a lot of people, a lot of um, immigrants back then with the steel mills that are now, most of them are closed down. So yeah, because changing economies. Yep. Yeah. So it's not an agricultural based uh, economy. All right. Well, I'm wondering, you know, as we're sharing your story, I'm going to ask you straight out how does McNeely become a Mexican name? <laughs> so my husband's actually half Irish. So he, yeah, he's half Irish. So um, he was, he was raised with um, his mother who is Mexican. So he speaks Spanish probably better than I do, 
but yeah, that that's how I I know it throws people off, but I definitely want to let people know, like I do identify as Mexican, Mexican American, if you want, but yeah, definitely, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, well, that's cool. Is he, you know, like a, you know, well, actually, this show's about you, so we won't ask about him, oh. McNeely. Um, <laughs> all right, so I like to, you know, the idea I think for for me and for this program is to not just share our stories, so that's why I'm going to ask you about your story, but also help aspiring young school counselors, Latino school counselors, you know, to see a path. And so I was wondering if you could share a little bit of your, about your personal educational upbringing. And I sometimes talk about educational traumas or educational triumphs. And so I was wondering if you could share, you know, little, little Lydia growing up and how, what yeah. experience you had. So I was not a traditional student at all. Um, I, I had a four-year full scholarship to U of I initially, um, but I became pregnant and um, right out of high school, I had just graduated. And uh, my husband, my boyfriend at the time, um, it was younger than I was, so a couple years younger than I was. So um, actually when, when I gave birth to my daughter, uh, my mother took him out of high school. Like she pulled him from school so but um so I always wanted to work like in social work I always wanted to work um in that related field. I really didn't know about school counselors at that time really but I always wanted to do that so um I had my daughter I started they were able to transfer some of my scholarship from U of I to UIC that's in Chicago um so the first two years I was able to go there and then I would work after after school um but then after that um, like reality hit and I needed to work full time. So I stopped going to school, um, took different jobs just to kind of help to try to support us. I mean, we were, we were still kids at that time. Um, and then, so school kind of became, you know, it was still part of what I wanted to do, but it really wasn't realistic at that time. Um, I fast forward a couple of years, I ended up working in a telecommunications company and they offered tuition reimbursement. So, but it, I had a like major in communications or something like that. So I was able to take some of those courses. So I would still take courses, um, you know, every one or two classes a semester. Um, and then finally that telecommunications and years passed. So she's, um, you know, at that point she was already graduating from high school uh, and I had a couple of like one or two classes left that um, telecommunications company, our department closed. So I was able to take like a summer class and then I ended up with my bachelor's degree. Um, I always wanted to help students. Like I wanted to help people. Like I wanted to um, help people who were in the situations that I was in. Um, that was just always something that I, you know, that I always planned to do or hoped to do. But like I said, life got in the way. Um, so then I started substitute teaching. I ended up, I was first like a parapro paraprofessional. Um, substitute teaching, I had just gotten my degree, but it wasn't in education. Um, then I ended up working um, for the school that I'm at right now, Scott Middle School in Hammond. And I was a suspension expulsion interventionist. So basically there's a dis there were disproportionality uh, for African-American male students um, for discipline. So I started working and trying to kind of look at the data and kind of see how that was going or what we could do differently. Um, so I started with that. And I kind of saw the school counselor with her office was right next to mine. And we would talk pretty well. And I felt like I needed to make more of an impact. And I felt like I always like admired her. I saw that, you know, she was respected and people like, I don't know, took her opinion more seriously than I think they did at, of mine at that point. So then I just started going back. So I recently just uh, graduated a couple of years ago. So I, I'm recent, a recent school counselor. Like I, this is my fourth year here. 
Yeah, but you're rich with the knowledge of life and experience, right? Oh, yeah. 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 All right. How about, I want to go back, way back. Like, when you were yeah. young in, in school, you said you grew up in Chicago. Yep. Like, how was that experience for you? Because I feel like sometimes that experience helps us, you know, develop our, our counseling style or our personality style. So I grew up in a brown and black neighborhood. Like, I don't think that I really, there might have been, like, one person who was not a, a student of color, like, in each grade. Um, so I really didn't know other ethnicities besides brown and black students. Um, so I think that um, I grew up probably fairly not very well off. Um, and I, 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 you know, I saw a lot of, of my friends struggling. I saw a lot of my friends um, get involved in, in gangs. My husband, when he was at that age, he was he was actually in a gang. Um, I mean, he's grown, grown up from that, but but that that was just part of of what I grew up around, like a lot of the people that I knew, um, you know, have passed away or, you know, were in jail. So I, again, I always saw like what was going on around me and, you know, I wanted, I wanted something else for us, you know, like I, that was always the goal, like, you know, life got in the way, like I said, but that was definitely always the goal was just always to try to figure out like what we could do better. And I know like right now I, in, in Chicago, there's a lot of opportunity. Like there's a lot of programs, um, you know, the schools might be overcrowded. There might be, you know, certain things that are going on, but there are like opportunities because it's a large city and there's a large um, uh, brown and black, com you know, community there. But I think like in Indiana, it's like you're fighting for, you know, just to find the resources, the resources that are available. Like I remember going to college prep programs. I remember doing a lot of things like that in, in school in Chicago, but here it's like, you're, you're really trying to find, like that's what I spent a lot of my time doing is trying to find resources for students that, you know, that their parents might not be aware of otherwise. Right. No, so I, I feel you like, even I'm a suburb of Portland and I sometimes feel like, man, they have so many more things than we do. But then I look at yeah. the country, more country, we're, we're not country, we're suburb, totally. But right. I look at country folk, country schools, and I'm like, dang, we got so much more than they do. Right, so he's like, and so I, we, like right now I work um, in an underserved community and like, what all I want to do is like really just there, there are more affluent areas around us. So my whole goal is just like, I want our students to have the opportunities that other districts have. So it's like always trying to find whatever I could just to try to, you know, just try to, you know, make our students aware of these programs and, and hopefully, you know, benefit them for somehow. So would you say, really the question is going to be like, what's your professional why, but would you say that equity is part of that why, yeah. or how do you describe your why? How, what gets so, you going? You know, definitely I want, I want to help our, our, our students and I want our families I, and I want to help our families. But I think that um, it's been great. Like the last, I want to say the last two years, I mean, equity is something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Like anti-racist school counseling is something I'm passionate about. Am I an expert in it? No, but like I'm learning all the time. So I could look at myself now and see where we're at right now, as opposed to where I was last, you know, last year. Like I've learned so much over the last year. Um, but also finding my own voice. Cause I think like, you know, people always talk about like imposter syndrome and, and things like that. So I think when I first started, um, I didn't see myself as that school counselor. Like I didn't see myself, you know, I was, you know the person who had the child early and who went through this and who went through so much in, in their life that I didn't equate myself at that level. And I didn't speak the way the other counselor did. I didn't, you know, use the same terminology that she did. I always thought like, I always have to prove myself. So it's taking a long time for me to get to where I'm at right now, where I feel like, okay, 
I'll take this um, podcast interview with um, Mr. Aguilar over here because, you know, I'm confident in what I'm doing, but it didn't just come naturally. It didn't come easily. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. The imposter syndrome. I real. You know, yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's there. I think a lot of us feel that, um, you know, but I love how what I, I like how you talked about how am I perfect at that? Am I super awesome at anti-racist counseling? No, but you're learning. And that's, that's right. a lot of it. I think before I didn't know. It's not that I didn't know, but I, I think that's just I didn't understand how powerful like the work that we do. Like if if you're working my my administration, I, you know, I can't talk enough about my administration. Like they really support what we're doing, but they are aware. Like he was at the ASCA, my, my principal was at the ASCA conference. Um, and he was attending sessions. Like we literally he literally used like he he's referenced your session and some other work that he's doing. So like literally, I mean, but but that's that, you know, that communication, that collaboration, like he's aware of it. And we're all kind of, we all have that same goal for our students, which makes it a lot easier from, you know, what we're doing. It makes it a lot easier and, and not not easily attainable, but we can see, you know, where that path is going, where that path is leading and just work towards that. Right. Well, I'm so happy for you to have an admin that takes yeah. the time to go to national conference yeah. counselors. That's awesome. well, we also earned ramp too so <laughs> i didn't know congratulations that's yeah. a dream for me thank you wow yeah. some work <laughs> yeah you could be given lessons on you could yeah we need you to do that workshop next year all right i'm wondering you know i feel i i think i want to bring the light a little bit about how there may be some things that are challenging for us as Latinx, Latina, Latina school counselors, that maybe a you know Caucasian person doesn't experience or realizes. And so I'm wondering if there's anything you could think of that was, you know, a challenge or something that, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't expecting this. And maybe a little bit of like I didn't feel like I was the expert or I didn't speak the way the previous counselor was. But was there anything that you kind of felt was almost like a microaggression perhaps that happened because maybe you were a Latina? I think that certain um I think in the beginning, like the first year where I wasn't as confident in myself and in my abilities, I think that I was my own worst enemy where I didn't speak up or I didn't understand, like I might've had a seat at that table, but I didn't use my voice at the table. So that's something I can kind of kick myself in the butt for. And I'm like, okay, if we would have done this a couple of years ago, then we'd be in a different um, place. But in my head, I kept on thinking about the way the other counselor would speak, um, about the terms that she would use, about just the way that, you know, it, just the way that she was. And, and I would always compare myself. So that, again, that self-doubt was what, what really like, you know, it, it affected me the first, the first couple of years, but again, just kind of like working towards that. But, um, and I would like for other people, I would just say like, just be comfortable with who you are. Like, I think for me it's in finding that voice, you know, I speak Spanish. I don't speak it, um, as great as I would like. Um, I can understand every word. You know, if somebody speaks to me in Spanish, I could understand every word. Um, when I'm speaking it back, like I, for the first, you know, for a while, I was really uncomfortable. You know, I, I would try to answer in English where, you know, I, I just, I felt, um, I, I just wasn't comfortable speaking it at all. Um, but then, like, I realized, you know, the parents appreciate, you know, they're not criticizing that I'm not saying this word over that word. And in my head, I would feel embarrassed for myself because I wasn't comfortable speaking it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I felt I'm not saying it correctly. You know, they're going to judge me based on the way I'm speaking it. And that kind of 
you know, stop me a little bit from speaking it. But over the last year and a half, it's like, you know what, I'm, I could be comfortable or not. It's not about me. It's about, you know, helping them and, and being you know, of service to them. So now it's like, okay, even if, it, and, and they'll tell me, they're like, it's fine. It sounds, I understood everything that you said, but in my head though, you know, you know, I work for a telecommunications company and I, I was actually a bilingual um, repair representative. And, but I said the same things over and over. Like I would say the same thing, you know, I, I would answer and, and there, there was a script and I knew that script. Yeah. But when it comes to this, like transcripts and, you know, certain words and I'm like, oh. but they understand me. And I just have to kind of like get over myself and just say, you know what? I, you know, I made them happy. Like, you know, they're like, oh, that's a, you know, what, you know, whatever, but they're, they're grateful for just having somebody there that speaks that language. And, you know, it, it's just something I'm not taking lightly anymore. It's taken a while though. No, I, I, I've been there. I, I'm still there, you know, sometimes there are good days and sometimes there are bad days. So, yeah. yeah. But I think that that kind of answers a question that I have asked other folks is like, what kind of advice would you give aspiring Latinx school counselors? And so part of it is like, believe in yourself. We all know that imposter syndrome's in there, but believe in yourself. And uh, I think the other part for me is like, I always try to listen for what the meaning is and not what the words are. <laughs> like, I know what you meant. Like, you know, <laughs> So do you have any other type of advice that you might get? Because that's what I heard from you. Any other advice for aspiring yeah. young Latinx counselors? Just really be comfortable with yourself. But we we need like literal representation matters. And I hear so many stories of, um, you know, school counselor didn't believe in me or my school counselor told me mm -hmm. that I should go to states. And I, I didn't really pay attention to those before. I, again, I wasn't in, I didn't really know too much about school counseling before. Um, so I really didn't know how prevalent that is in our communities where our students are just kind of, you know, dismissed. Um, so we definitely need that representation. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you're doing a program like this where we can kind of connect with one another where we wouldn't otherwise be able to, you know? So, you know, but again, just, I know it's difficult. And, and again, my, my path was not easy. My path was not, um, you know, direct. And it's, it's, it took a lot longer than most, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful for, you know, for the voice that I found, um, and using it and actually doing something with it, not just like, you know, but actually, you know, being in those meetings and, um, hopefully promoting change within the school, you know? Yeah. No, great. Yes. Great. It's good, but you know, we're still working, but again, it's just, it's just something like literally, I'm learning and, and I, I, I know you connect with me on Twitter, like literally I'm on Twitter and I'm learning so much. There's so many different like great school counselors across this country. They're doing so much great work, not just when it comes to equity, like SEO, just everything. So literally I take a lot of what I learned from that and I just apply it to what, and, and I'm grateful, like I said, with my, my administration that values what we're doing and understands our role. So they give us that opportunity, you know, if we have an idea or if we want to, you know, bring something to the table, they're actually like, okay, well, then do it. <laughs> yeah. do it. And we're able to do it. So that's great. Yeah, I'm so happy for you. And ramp, ramp's a big part of being yeah. able to do the work. And just for a second, representation, only six percent of ASCA members. So there could be counselors that are not ASCA members, only six percent are Latinos. So and I yeah. don't know if it's higher than that, you know, but but definitely I know that membership. Well, we get a free for five years, so that's great for now. All right. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, all right. Well then, 
I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite part about being a school counselor? What do you love to do? I love the connections with the students. I, I love the, I've always had a connection with the students and maybe it's, it's funny because I don't speak the way, you know, certain counselors would or, or do, but maybe because of that, like the, the students are like just more personable with me and just kind of, I've always been able to have that bond with them. And so we were virtual for the majority of last year. And I was just in the cafeteria the other day with the student and I kind of saw her upset and I, and um, it took a while for her to, you know, to come on. She was, she was mad. She was mad. Mm -hmm. um, she wanted to fight. Like she was mad. Um, but I kind of noticed her body language and I called her to me and, you know, at first she didn't really want to come and, you know, it took a while, but, um, when she came into my office and sat down, I saw the smile on her face after a while and she started talking to me about something else. And then it kind of calmed down and that felt good. Like, that's what I love. Like just, being able to build that relationship with her. And I saw her in the hall today. I'm like, we're we having a good day. If not, you know where to find me. You know, I mean, again, just building that relationship with students is so important and it's something I value so much. And I was like, okay, I haven't lost it. <laughs> yeah, I know in person. Actually, yeah. I'm still, we're in Oregon. Very few schools have started. So I'm wondering what, like how long have you been going? So this is our second week of school. I've, I've been here since the 1st of August, but students started back on the 18th. All right. Our second week. And now are you making those great, first full week? Okay. First full week, yeah. And making those connections with students. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So a little more personal, well, not, not like cheese man, but a little more personal stuff. What's your favorite form of self-care? Um, I'm still trying to find, you know, I'm still, I have to advocate for myself, right? So um, I am learning to not respond to emails right away. Give myself permission to do that. Um, I understand if it's my boss or, you know, one of our admin definitely, you know, that's different, but, you know, I used to always, again, just trying to prove myself. I used to always have to answer the emails right away to whoever was emailing me. And I'm kind of letting myself just kind of take a break and, you know, I could respond the next day. It doesn't have to be at eight o'clock at night, or even, you know, I just received one right now at five 30, but again, giving myself that permission, again, it's just something I am working toward because I do have to and that imposter syndrome sometimes it, it does creep back in, but um, but definitely just kind of giving myself that permission and not checking my phone and answering everything. Um, in a little while, I'm actually there's like a school counselor sanctuary that I learned about on Twitter, so I'm gonna like, it's like an hour long, and that'll be like in, a, in an hour I'll, I'll do that. So kind of just kind of venting for the week. So it's kind of cool. All right, I don't know about that Twitter one. There's so many things on Twitter. You're right; it's a great place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. All right, last last kind of thing before we wrap up today. I'm wondering, is there anything else you want to share, or you know, like a passion project, a side hustle, anything like that you want to promote for yourself? Um, not really. I I just I'm grateful for you know for the opportunity to kind of meet people and and find out what other school concerts are doing. Um, I love. Um, we're gonna start next week, like no place for hate, and start like the anti bias work and start all that up again, and hopefully. This year we're in person, so hopefully we remain in person. I don't know how long that's going to last, but um, we are in person right now. So actually, um, we started the No Place for Hate program last year, and we kind of used that as the um, like the basis for a lot of our um, anti-racist work that we were doing. Um, so actually, to be in person with it and have our um, students, our advisory council members, and everybody kind of join together and kind of work together, um, I'm excited for that. Our our student ambassadors and really giving that students 
they're not just saying I'm giving, you know, like, you know, we're listening to student voice or, or we're um, paying attention to what they're saying, but actually like, you know, really taking that feedback in and really making changes to the school. So that's something that, you know, I'm excited about. We're, we're gonna start meeting next week again. So um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. All right, it sounds exciting. And I hope you get to do that good work and yeah. that we all get to be, you know, full school year, healthy, all that good stuff. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. So it's, it's, it's been a challenging week, but nah. we're getting through it day by day. So one day at a time. <laughs> all right, exactly. Well. Thank you so much for being here. And you brought up a point like, I probably need to start a website or some kind of like interactive thing so that yeah. way we can share, not just hear, but share. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because I, like you said, it, it's it's more than 6%. We're more than 6%. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I reach out to people like on Twitter, but it's like, I'm not sure of other other things. So yeah, there you go. Start a website and then we'll all join. And then we'll <laughs> Yeah, maybe a head yeah, Contra Head Exchange yeah. website, maybe. So. There you go. See, I have a couple of people at the other surrounding schools over here that would be interested in that. But yeah, definitely. I mean, it's needed. It definitely is needed. So I'm, I'm grateful for you to start this and hopefully start the website and we can connect and and, and bounce ideas off one another. I think it's so important. Yes, for sure. It, it really is. Well, muchas gracias for everything. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best. And I'll, I look forward to chatting with you on Twitter next year at ASCA, right? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, take care. Thank you. Muchísimas gracias for checking out this episode of Consejero Exchange. Fue un placer de conectar with Lydia and learn a little bit about her path as a non-traditional student um, using those college admission terminology and her development to becoming a confident ramp winning school counselor in fact our, our gal lydia was just on a nationwide nbc news um interview not too long ago this week and so um you know although we've just barely met recently via twitter i can tell you that I feel so much pride. I'm so proud of her for overcoming the obstacles because, you know, I remember being young that the story was, you know, oh, there's another Latina getting pregnant and throwing away her future. And so, you know, congratulations to you, Lydia, for overcoming those odds. Um, I want to share a little <laughs> funny thing that Lydia and I talked about off the air, and that was the, you know, the idea of the cool kids at the conference at ASCA. And so if you see me at ASCA, you probably notice that I have my hood on and I'm usually up front, but in the corner off to the side with my hood on. And uh, that's because I'm, I'm hella shy <laughs> and I don't like to um, very much attention. Um, but I am fortunate to be in the circles where we have school counselor of the year, 2019 school counselor of the year, Brian, and, and uh, you know, so many others. And so... Lydia was saying I was with the cool kids and it was, you know, she finally built up the nerve to meet Brian Coleman and, you know, that we didn't actually meet in ASCA. And, you know, that's a little bit of me and a little bit of her because, first of all, we're not cool kids. We're just trying to do the best work, just like you all. And second, you know, me being shy introvert, you know, I, I, I sometimes feel I need to apologize because I'm 
you know, I'm rude because I don't open myself and, you know, but I'm there. I, I know I'm an adult and I know that I'm there to help you and I can open myself up and, you know, not hide behind the microphone because this is, I'm loving this and this is how I'm learning to interact with others. And so Lydia, anyone else out there, you know, we're all here to help and uh, we're all cool kids. And actually we're all just a bunch of cool nerdy kids, right? Trying to do our best and learn while we're at ASCA and using using these uh, online manners of meeting one another and learning from each other. I want to, um, this is a long outro. I want to touch on a few things. First, if you haven't noticed, um, I've decided to add a little musica to each um, closing. Um, this Esta Canción right here is a newer song from Raul Alejandro titled Tola De Ti, and I'm really feeling that beat. I love I love all genres, and so this one is mixes a lot of them. Um, this weekend is Labor Day weekend, and I'd like to acknowledge and thank the elders who sacrificed their bodies, such as uh, my campesino abuelos, padres, and tíos, um, who provided for our family. And I hope that you all get a chance to rest and reflect during this weekend. And uh, last, this week, or this month, soon, is Hispanic Heritage Month, or Latinx Heritage Month, si te quieres. Um, it's coming up on September 15th, and I know it can be challenging to figure out how to help our students celebrate and, you know, represent our communities. And so, you know, I just want to, you know, I look forward to acknowledging and acknowledging and celebrating the contributions of the various communities and cultures that make up the Latinx community. And I look forward to seeing how you all help your students celebrate their cultura. All right, Wes. Espero que me acompañes next time and que te vaya bien y sigue la lucha.